Good morning. Did I tell you to stand up? Stand up. Let's see. John 18 says, My kingdom is not of this world, said Jesus. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Amen. Let's pray together. Uh, God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for letting us know you. Uh, Father, thank you for the freedom that we have in this country to come and, and loudly proclaim we love you. Uh, Father, I ask you to uh, allow us to have this time to glorify you and lift you up because you are worth it. Thank you. Uh, thank you for this life. Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, good morning, church family. Hey, sometime during the service, like always, please fill out your connection card. Hey, if you're watching online, if you do the same thing, we appreciate it. Uh, but honestly, I don't want to be up here. I don't, I don't want to be up here talking because I was here early, and I, I listened to them preparing some of their music, and the, the playlist is like my favorite songs. So I didn't want to come up here and talk. I just want to start worshiping. So that's what we're going to do. Let's praise God together. You may be seated.
Uh, Palm Sunday, we remember his entrance into Jerusalem, they, they laid palms in front of him, they, they laid palms in front of him, is that better, thank you, Palm Sunday, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you doing this? Tell him, The Lord needs it, and will send it back here shortly. They went, and they found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing? 
untying that colt. They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road. Others spread branches that they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead of those went ahead, and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. This was a triumphant time, a happy time. But what, lie ahead, what lays ahead was not a triumphant time in one sense of the word. Jesus was going through a very difficult time, a very hard time. And he knew that, and yet he continued on. And that's a good thought for us as we are his followers. I travel down a lonely road and no one seems to care. The burden on my weary back had bowed me to I oft complained to Jesus how folks were treating me, and then I heard him say so tenderly, my feet were also weary upon the Calvary cross became so heavy, I fell beneath the load. Be faithful, weary pilgrim, the morning I can see. Just lift your cross and follow. I work so hard for Jesus, I often boast and say, I've sacrificed a lot of things to walk the narrow way. I gave up fame and fortune, I'm worth a lot to thee. And then I hear him gently say to me, I left the throne of glory and counted it but loss. My hands were nailed in anger upon a cruel cross. But and follow close to me. Good morning. Hey, I know some people really like uh, the Palm Sunday service and scripture on Palm Sunday, but you're not going to get that today. So if you're that kind of person, I'm going to tell you, today when you go home, and this is not snarky, uh, John chapter 12, verse 13, uh, grab and uh, spend some time in the Word and, and go over that if that's, that's you know, what you, you like, that, that, that timing of it, that's good. John chapter 12, verse 13. Uh, but for us today, we're going to go in a little bit different direction. Can you bring the next slide up? We're going to be in the book of Matthew. Now, we've been discussing, we've been going through some of the ideas of, of Jesus with the uh, Sermon on the Mount. 
And we're going to go a different direction, but I wanted to talk about this because this is, it's been really intriguing me recently. So we're going to, do, we're going to discuss it together. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. Um, I'm going to give you a few seconds to turn there, and once you get there, like always, stay. We're just going to read two, two verses over and over and over. And while you're getting there, I'm, I'm slightly concerned. See, last week I got on stage and I, I mentioned that I liked apple pie. Just casually mentioned it. And someone brought me some apple pie, and now I'm worried because today we're going to discuss in length um, eyeballs. <laughs> and some people in this, in this congregation have a, have a weird sense of humor, and so I'm slightly concerned. I'm, I'm going to give it. Have you guys heard what a stargazy pie is? I, I brought a picture. Here's a stargazy pie. That's a fish head. Um, so I've been really concerned that when we, we discuss this that I'm afraid that that uh, someone's going to think it's funny and combine the two. I will not eat that, church family. I will not eat it, Sam, I am. All right, so hey, um, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. You can go to the next slide. There we are. Let's, let's read this together when I find it. All right, here it is. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in, in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Now all across this country right now and, and big parts of the world, um, our kids and our college students are taught something very simple, and is, it is this. Um, the eyeball that we have in our eye, in our head, was developed 550 million years ago. That is, that is what our students are being taught that 550 million years ago the eye had evolved to the, where it is now and that is what we have to see things and let me, let me tell you this uh, a few months ago me and my family got together and, and we decided we wanted water on our property and so we assembled this huge huge solar system and uh, we figured a way to drop metal pipe 330 feet in the ground and it took me weeks and weeks of thinking of how to, how to hold that much weight while sinking the well pipe inside my well and, and how to accumulate this power and how to wire everything together and how to hold a hundred, hundreds and hundreds of pounds and not have it plummet into the, the dirt. And I would be really angry if one of you came to my place and said, I did that. That would make me really cranky. And so today, just, just before we go any further, I think, I, I think we need to spend some time bragging about God's handiwork. I believe that. Too many people take credit for God's work, and so if this is not your cup of tea, plug your ears, because I think this stuff is awesome. I want to share, and I want to spend some time discussing probably the second most incredible organ in the human body, and there is some incredible feats about it. You might have known some of these. Each eye has a hundred and seven million cells that only respond to light. Of all the muscles in the body, the most active are the ones that move the eye. In an average life, the eye sees 24 million different images. Your fingerprint has 40 different features. The human eye has 256 that is incredibly unique and only yours. The eye can process 36,000 bits of information per hour. The eye can focus on 50 different things per second. Your eye heals incredibly quick. A cut on the cornea usually takes two days to heal. We blink an average of 17 times a minute, 14,000 times a day, and roughly 5 million times a year. Your eyeball has a lens in it faster than any camera made. Your eyes start developing two weeks after conception. There are over two million active parts that make your eye work. Studies have confirmed that people that have severe depression, their eyes actually see with less contrast. So when someone says, I'm feeling a little blue or the world seems a little dark, there is a validity to that. That's your eyes. An eye cannot be transplanted. Behind the eye, there are over a million nerve fibers connected, and currently we have no capabilities to, to work that. 80% of our memories are determined by what we see. Here's an interesting thing. In a single second, it's possible to blink five times. 
and one of you is doing it right now. You're trying right now to see if you can blink. If your eye was a camera, it's a 576 megapixel camera. Your eye can function at 100% at any given point in time with needing very little rest. And this is, this is interesting too. Research has found that men who wear ties tied too tight have a higher risk of glaucoma. So this no tie wearing of me, is, it's medical. So ha, don't tell me to put a tie on. I've got to save my eyes. Our eyes close automatically to protect us from perceived dangers. Over half of your brain is dedicated to vision and seeing and comprehending. The muscles in your eyes are a hundred times stronger than they need to be. Why? Because 550 million years ago, our eyes didn't develop. They were developed by God, and someone is taking credit. Our eyes are incredible, and we can't discuss anything else about this passage that Jesus is talking about when he's talking about the eye without acknowledging the fact that this is God's handiwork. In fact, what's ironic to me, and and most of you know this, that the individual that our students are studying, the godfather of evolution, even went on to say it, I'm going to say it word per word, to suppose that the eye, with all its inimitable contraventions, contrivances for adjusting the focus to different distances, for admitting different amounts of light, and for the correction of spherical and chromatic aberration could have been formed by natural selection. This is the godfather of evolution, I freely confess, is absurd in the highest degree. He then goes on and tries to to discuss why he believes it, but the, the founder of evolution even went out and said, that eye is so complex, it's really difficult to say it was just magically formed. I saved the best for last. In 1941, a vision scientist, I lost his name, oh yeah, uh, Sig Hecht did an experiment 30 miles away in clear vision, your human eye can detect a flickering candle. So before we even, we even get into what, what Jesus is talking about, when Jesus is talking about this eye, it, it's the beginning here is bragging about what God's done. And I, can't, I, I, I believe as, as churches, we can't overlook how incredible certain aspects are of our body and then say, well, why are, why are people confused? People are confused because we don't brag about it enough. What God did was incredible, and I think... I think we should brag about it. So when he's talking right here in verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body, he should say, my creation is the lamp of the body. That's it. I made it. I developed it. I thought about it. I worked on it, and someone else has taken credit. Man, the eye, I think, is, is the visual trophy of God's handiwork, and that, that is a pun. The visual trophy work, get it? Get it? Come on. No one, no one thinks I'm funny. Hurts my feelings. Before we get into here, we, we can't ever overlook the incredible nature of what God has done. That's, that's simple. If nothing else is, is learned today, if nothing else, and, and people tune out and they get on their cell phones and they, they start updating their Facebook and their, their Twitter, if nothing else is learned today, we need, to, we need to remember that we are an incredible, incredible creation of God. Just incredible. The amount of effort and the amount of creativity and the amount of design that just goes into these, these two very small organs in our body is just incredible. And that and alone should make you feel good. That alone should make you say, I am special. Why? Because I have these. I have these and no one else has them. All right, let's, let's read again. Chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. The eye is the lamp of the body, So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? We're going to look at this. and These words, the eye is the lamp of the body, doesn't make sense for the most part. When it says, if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness, doesn't make sense. If the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness, doesn't make sense when we think about it the way we think about it. Here's how we think about it. And I'm, I'm willing to bet almost everyone in this room thinks about the eye the same way I do. I, man, there's a lot of eyes. Whoo-wee. You're gonna get an eyeful today. 
Here's how we think about the eye, and I'm going to tell you why. We think about the eye in this direction. Light comes in, different lights, different reflection. It goes in our eyes. It goes into our brain. Our brain computes what it sees, builds an image in our head, and that's how we see, right? We, we get that because that's how we're taught. We're taught that light goes in. Things are, are moved and manipulated through our eyes. It goes into the brain. The brain changes it and, and basically dictates what we're seeing based on the light going in. We're, we're taught that. That's why we think that. If you went to school in, in America, chances are you've had this lesson on eyeballs. And in fact, chances are you had this picture in your book. It's a picture of an empty eyeball, and it's got light rays going into it, and the eyeball is connected to a brain going out. And if you had a nice new book, you had these little blue dots that were basically electric signals going from the eye into the brain. That's what it does. That's what you learn, so that's how we think. The problem is, is when Jesus was talking about that, that was not the belief they had. And in fact, the mental image of what the eyeball was then is better than our image now. Why? Because our, our idea of the eye has been messed up. I don't, I don't want to say science is wrong. That's not what I'm saying. Science has changed our perception of what the eye is. See, to the Greeks, this was not the case. The Greeks believed that the eye was a lamp, maybe even a sun. They believed that the, light, the eye would emit rays or beams. Uh, Plato describes the eye as a, a type of fire. He said when the, the eye is functioning well, this fire within us is pure and flows through the eyes under the world. Um, another uh, philosopher, I can't even say his name, Empedesles, uh, regarded the eyes, he said the eyes are channels for this outward flowing fire. Uh, the eyes were regarded as a source of power, and some source would emanate from our eyes. In Egypt, the common belief uh, was that Horus, after his eye had been thrown away by Seth, its parts were used to assemble the moon. So the sun and the moon were considered the eyes of heaven because it was emitting rays down to us. So oftentimes in almost any, any older culture, they had the perception that things came out of the eyes. And what's really interesting is, is there is this, this idea called active eye or an evil eye, you may have heard. There are cultures that believe, and they had a fear of the evil eye, because they believed that harmful glances could come from it. They believed in certain places in the east, in the Mediterranean, that individuals animals, demons, or gods had the power of injuring any object that their glance fell on. You know what that's called? You know what we call that, right? We call that glaring. So they believed that, that if you gave someone the evil eye, you were actually cursing them because things were coming out of their eyes. The rays out of your eyes were cursing them and hurting them. They were really upset by it. So you didn't glare at people because they thought oftentimes it was evil and you were cursing them with your eyes. So see, we had this idea, light coming in, understanding. They had this idea, light going out. What does that mean to, to them right here? This is very simple, folks. This is very simple. So when Jesus said, the eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So that brings us to our second one. What's on the inside comes out. That's, that's essentially what Jesus is saying. He's saying whatever is inside is going to come out. Whatever is on the inside of your body is going to come out. And it's, it's really funny. He used this in correlation with eyeballs because medically this is true. Diabetes is the number one cause of, of adults in the UK, of blindness. Number one cause of blindness of, of adults in, in the UK. Because why? When their insides are unhealthy, guess what? Other parts of their body are unhealthy. Excessive alcohol. Do you guys remember? Everyone in here is old enough to remember. Do you remember back in the day, just a, it was many years ago now, when kids were drinking in, in heavy excess and they started to find that a lot of these young people were having vision problems because they had so much alcohol in their body, it was going up their body into the brain and their, the blood cells in the eyes couldn't handle that much liquor in it and it started functioning and, and hurting their, their vision. You guys remember that? 
excessive alcohol. Why? Because what's on the inside comes out. And what Jesus is saying, he's saying, if it's, if it's full of darkness, what's coming out of your eyes are full of darkness. If your body is full of light, what's going to come out is full of light. And some, there are very few. There are very few. There are very, very few that have lived their entire life and they've hidden what's on the inside. Very, very, very few have made it all the way through their life and they have hidden what's on the inside. But it will come out when they stand before their creator, God. See, they might have fooled a few people, but they're not fooling God. But what that signifies is for the vast majority of us, this passage here is incredibly true. See, oftentimes we, we have this idea that, that we can hide things about us and no one will ever know. If we bury it down deep enough, no one's ever going to find out. But I've often said that you can only hide for so long. We had this running joke just after, shortly after I got, I got married and uh, the wife thought she had found her hero. Of course she did. Of course she did. We were sitting down for Christmas Eve dinner and we had this big pile of french fries and there was no ketchup. Yeah, see, that's how I felt too. I got, I got really angry and she chuckled at me and I gave her the evil eye. <laughs> and I wanted to look at her and say, too late, you married me. <laughs> Why? Because what's on the inside comes out. And we, we do that in our life, that we, we try to hide things and we, we, try to, we try to be someone sometimes that we're not, but it, it comes out. You see, you can only bury it down deep, deep down for a little bit of time, but it's going to come out. I love, I love when Jesus looked at the Pharisees and called them, you whitewashed tombs. I love that. He's saying, you're pretty on the, inside, on the outside, but you are dead on the inside. I chuckle, because I think, that's me sometimes. Man, I get real prettied up, but my insides are hurting. When Jesus is talking here about your eyes, if your eye is healthy, the only reason your eye is healthy is because your insides are healthy. If your eyes are unhealthy, the only reason your eyes are unhealthy is because the insides are unhealthy. This is a very deep passage, and, and Jesus was really laying it on thick with these people and us. Let's read one more time, and we're going to finish here. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Now here's something. Now here's something. First he's saying you've got to be healthy on the inside. But there's a second piece of this passage here that applies to everyone else but me. I mean that. It brings us to our, our third point is how brightly do your lamp shine? See, this, this applies to everyone here but me. Because my lamps don't shine super bright. I know I know me. I'm a glass half empty kind of guy. You give me a slice of pie, I'm going to say the pie is almost gone. It's not, oh, I got pie. It's how much pie is left. So when Jesus is talking to these disciples with this idea that the Greeks had that, that powerful, positive things would come out of your eyes, I look at that and say, man, if, if I was there, Jesus would point his finger at me and say, are positive things coming out of your eyes or do you have a negative view? Because I, I know me pretty well. I, Oh, I got, I got a ne pretty negative view sometimes. So the question comes out is, is how brightly do your lamp shine? Oh, perhaps, maybe I'm, maybe my, my childhood kind of naive here. Maybe I wonder if, if Jesus is just simply talking about being positive. When he talks about about are you shining on people? Or is the light coming out of you, is it positive or is it negative? Do you shine? Are you a, a half full kind of glass person or a half empty kind of glass person? If I, open this, if I open this stage up right now, I know, without a doubt, if everyone was feeling gutsy and they, and they weren't shy about talking in public, I bet every single one of us in this room could get in line and come up to this stage and tell a reason and give a situation about pain, about something that hurt you. I bet every one of us can line up here and, and give out a, a good reason why you're angry. 
I bet everyone can stand up here and give you a long talk about how someone did you wrong, how they cheated you, your best friend left you, someone hurt you. I bet every one of us up here can, can line up and, and talk about loss, about the loss of something, either the loss of a loved one, the, the loss of a state of life, something. We could do it. I bet every one of us can line up here and, and talk about suffering, how we've suffered. I bet we can get up here and talk about some, some sorrow that we're struggling with. I bet every one of us can get up here and, and, and say, you know what, I'm confused, God. I'm confused. You, you say this in your scripture, but I don't feel like it. I want an answer. We could all sit up here and demand an answer from God. I bet every single one of you in this room can, can get up on stage and say, this is why I'm upset, dot, 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 and fill in the blanks. And it would, it would be valid. Your feelings, your, your experiences, your pain, your ups, your downs, your sorrow, everything we feel would be valid. And we could probably all look at you and say, you know what? Man, what you had is rough. I understand why you're so angry. I understand why you're so mad. And we'd walk out of here and we'd feel really good about ourselves. We'd say, yep, First Christian Church just justified me to be go out, me to go out and have no lamp coming out of our body just yesterday day before yesterday i was loading a car on a trailer and the car fell off but the car didn't fall off just by itself it fell off with my wife in it and she could have got up here and and really give me a good good stink eye and said i'm mad at my husband because of this and i would say you're absolutely right your heart stopped for a second you were scared you had the right to yell at me but instead she smiled and said brakes don't work and i said yep brakes don't work See, we can all do it. We can all stand here. We could all go out. We could walk out of this building right this very second and this passage that Jesus is talking about, the eye is the lamp of the body, what's coming out of you, we could all leave this building right this very second and say, I have a reason why there is nothing, no positive light coming out of my eyes. We could do it. Be easy, wouldn't it? Then I think, part of me thinks, True, we hurt. True, we lost. True, people have done us wrong. True, people have abandoned us. True, some of us have had a lot of pain. True, true, true. But, but, Jesus Christ. I mean, really, what else do I have to say about it after that? We could walk out, be negative, but... Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. Man, what do I have to be upset about? Any hurt, any pain, any up, any down, any sorrow, any loss, any confusion, any struggles, anything is temporary. All of it is just temporary. Depending on how long I live, maybe it's a longer temporary, but it's temporary. And the same goes for you. See, anything that we feel, the ups, the downs, the struggles, the pain, the suffering, all of it, man, all of it, all the reasons that you have to walk out here and be cranky and glare at people and give them that mean look and have no light coming out of you, you, you could, or Jesus Christ. Or you could say, Jesus Christ bought and paid for me with his blood. So whatever I've got going on is, is secondary. And you could walk out this room and say, no matter what I'm struggling with, I, I know I know that no matter how long it lasts, even if it lasts to my very last breath, I know I've got somewhere better. See, I, I believe Jesus here is, is simply talking about being positive. So I think when we, when we walk out of this room today, we are positive. Our light shines. We look at people and they could see it in our eyes. Our rays of light are just shining. Why? Because Jesus Christ as our praise team comes up to lead us in the song of decision, I'm going to tell you, if you have not made a decision to say, Lord, fill my life with your joy, today's the day. If you're, a, if you're wanting to know why, why a lot of Christians just have that look in their eyes, that glow in their eyes, how it feels like they're a lamp, 
This passage describes them perfectly. If you have not been baptized and you want that, I'm going to tell you to come on down. Hey, if, if you're watching online, you want to get baptized, like, like we say all the time, uh, get a hold of the church office. Let's make something work. Schedules are flexible. We'll, we'll do what needs to be done, but let's make a, let's make a choice. Or maybe you're, you're here, uh, been a rough day. You feel like you're a whitewashed tomb. You look pretty on the outside, but you feel dead in the inside. Hey, if you want prayers, come on down. We'll, we'll welcome you. Hey, if you're watching online, put that on your connection card. We look at them. We pray about them. It's, it's not overlooked. Or you're a baptized believer. You like First Christian Church. You want to be part of our family. Hey, come on down. We'll welcome you with open arms. But let's stand as we get ready to sing.
two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. And they came to the place called the Skull. They, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right, one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him and said, He saved others. Let's see if he can save himself. If he's the Christ, the chosen one. Soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar, and they said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written there was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews, or of the king of the Jews. The blood that Jesus shed on Calvary was the blood of a king. It was also the blood of a friend. But it was more. It was the blood of the Savior, the one appointed before the world began to purchase us back from sin and eternal separation from God. Before his death, Jesus instituted this sacred memorial that we observe, this Lord's Supper. This, which was begun so, has been faithfully observed through all the intervening centuries from that day to this. Even in times of the most bitter persecution against the church, this observance was always held. This supper of our Lord has stood as a sign of loyalty among his people in every age. The threat of wild beasts could not diminish the fervency of Christians in remembering the Lord at his table. Dungeons could not observe or are obscure, rather, or discourage the practice of meeting Jesus in this appointed way. The fires ignited around the martyrs could not burn out this faithful agreement between Jesus and his own. The sword was powerless to bring a separation between the servant and the master. This supper of memory tells a precious story. It is a story told by every born-again man and woman from the day the church was established on Pentecost in that first century, even until this very day. Some have told it well, as they have regularly faithfully kept this observance on the first day of the week. Others, sad to say, have not told it so well as they have failed to meet regularly with brothers and sisters in Christ around this table. May each one of us here today make a vow, a promise to be a faithful witness to our world, to our regular meeting with Jesus here at his table of communion. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain, free to all a healing stream, it flows from Calvary's mountain. Near the cross, O Lamb of God, bring its scenes before me. Help me walk from day to day with its shadow for me. Lord God, we thank you for the privilege of witnessing to others 
around your table. Witnessing to others because we come to your table. Showing them how important it is. That it's not just something to fill time or something to go through or something to remember. But it's a fellowship time with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a time for us to draw near and share with him his table today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've got your bulletins, you'll see a, a bunch of uh, our announcements in there. We got usual things today, except for we are not having the elder preacher study today. So uh, if that's you, don't show up at 3.30. And if you do, you're going to be alone. Uh, otherwise, we have the, the normal things going on, stitches of love. Wednesday, we have Bible study going on in the morning and the evening. Um, Thursday is uh, Al's life group. Uh, and of course, Sunshine Ladies is on Saturday. But on the other side of the bulletin, there are lots of cool stuff. Don't overlook it. We are doing the sign-up sheets for the Art of Marriage. Uh, we have some, some uh, needs for Operation Christmas Child. It's on the bottom of it. I'm going I'm to get on my soapbox here, so please forgive me and bear with me. Now, we believe that we are a, an outreach-oriented church, do we not? We believe part of our reason that we're here is to reach the lost, right? I don't want to throw any guilt on you here, but you might get some. Hey, next week is our, our Easter and we're going to do a big Easter breakfast here. And I'm going to tell you, there will be a lot of people in this church that will come that have maybe not been to church all year or not at church at all. So that, that breakfast that we're doing there, that's outreach. They're going to see how we are based on the way we, we interact, the way we love each other, the way we talk, how gentle we are. Next Sunday, our breakfast is outreach. So I just want you to think of that. There are going to be people here, and they, they want to see you. So um, um, don't overlook that. There is a sign-up sheet back over there. Sign up, bring some food, uh, share the love. Uh, spa sign-ups going on. That's most of it. Otherwise, you know, I think we got a video, too. Let's see if we got one. Just raising the bar, and I, and I need to, I need to go for it. Well, 
it's to me being on video I had this expectation that it would be kind of a, a lecture video you mm -hmm. take your notes you grab the high points fill in the blanks and it's much more than that it's it's engaging it's funny it's, it's an experience yeah it's, it's so much better than a class it, it's it's truly uh, I, I feel it's a getaway when we left last night I kind of like well we should be going to our hotel <laughs> not home uh, fresh it's uh, challenging. It's good. It's very good. That's three words. That's fine. <laughs> okay, and that's going on. The sign-up is back there. There's information there. Um, otherwise, on our, our list of praise and prayer concerns, we'll, we'll go into that. If you've got your bulletin with you, of course, a, a praise. Elika got baptized last Sunday. Yay! <laughs> Only held her underwater for a minute and a half, but, you know... The, had to get the evil out. Of course, our, our special concerns are, we always pray for our country. Uh, it's nice to see a, a few of our, our health concerns here and, and worshiping with us. Of course, we always pray for our deployed troops and our shut-ins and like a brecker, broken record. Hey, if you've got time, uh, give our shut-ins a call, send them a note, let them know that they're, they're missed. Our outreach that we're focusing on is uh, Wachuca Hospitality House and uh, CareNet. So otherwise, let's, uh, what we're gonna do is we'll stand, we'll have a, a few moments of quiet, I'll pray, and then we'll have a song, and I want you guys to leave this church, and let's go shine. Let's stand. Lord, we don't, we don't deserve your love. Lord, we can't earn it. We certainly, man, we, we certainly can't justify it. But regardless, thank you for loving us. God, thank you for what was happening on that cross. Lord, I ask you to bless us and remind us what an amazing gift that you gave. So when we step out of this, this room, the light of what you have put inside of us shines. Father, allow us to impact this community, this world for you. Uh, allow us to tell people that we are a Christian, not with our words, but with the way we live. Allow what's inside of us to come out and not be hidden. Father, I ask you to bless our lives, bless our families. Allow us to be the people that you made us to be. Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for church this morning. Have a great week in the Lord, and may you leave here changed.